0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.
1: Welcome, global leaders, to the Global Reach Leadership Forum with Navy veteran, ecclesial leader, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Pat presenting you with critical leadership perspectives from the minds of former military leaders now transforming the face of american business as successful entrepreneurs get ready to listen learn to lead and now to enhance your leadership influence on the global reach leadership forum here's your host dr pat
2: Hello, and welcome to the Global Reach Leadership Forum, and I'm your host, Dr. Pat. And today we're talking about connection. Connection with those you lead, connection with the people in your circle of influence, connection with leadership to the point where people can understand you and resonate with you. And so before my guest comes, I want to give you my take on the leadership, fundamental leadership attribute, of connection. So frankly, connection is not a common household term, right? Maybe it is even meaningless to some. However, connection means different things to different groups of people depending on where you're from. A connection leadership in this context is the ability to connect with or to make an impact on someone through a communication mechanism now, for most communicators, it is through speech, and for others, it might probably be what, through video or, lit- or some kind of literature. Okay, but connection is the ability to relate to your audience and gain their interest enough to establish your credibility with them. So, what I think of connection, I'm often reminded of every time I take the stage and and prepare to communicate um, a thought or. or or some kind of a, uh, a mindset to those that are listening to me. This can be during a leadership speaking engagement or during a sermon. However, regardless of the forum, my initial goal is at all times to start with a connection point, something that bridges a gap, something that brings me to the audience to establish that kind of connection and credibility with them. So I often ask questions to determine if they are, you know, they're they're getting my intent or, or, or whether I'm establishing a connection with them. Now, what does connection mean to you? It's quite simple. What it is to me might be different from what it is to you. And, and what makes you credible and resonate with your audience is exactly what connection is. Now, if you do not have credibility with your audience due to probably a personal or external um, source of um, of stimulus, you you do not have a connection with them. You have a gap that needs to be bridged with them. And you have to find out what that uh, main point or that source of connection is. All you have is a presence with them. So connection is therefore an ability to resonate with your people as the organizational leader, whatever kind of organizational leader you are, whether you're a team leader or you're a corporate leader or you're whatever it is or however you're leading, the level of interest or the extent of communication you have with them is what is going to determine your connection with them. So connection is therefore the ability to resonate with your people as the organizational leader and and through that connection, earn their permission to be led and to be understood. Okay, now, maybe you've heard it said before in different forums or in different circles that it is important to, to, to listen for what a person is not saying. Now, I have also heard that saying before. Uh, people hear what you say, but they feel your attitude. And that is exactly true. In essence, it is a principle of connection. So connection then is the full spectrum, the full spectrum of getting an objective across to your audience. In this case, I'm talking about a, a connection is a positive thing and an attribute of good leadership. However, when a leader loses this credibility or fails to resonate with followers or members of the team through methods or strategies to which they can relate, that leader begins to lose that measure of influence. So what I want to encourage you today in this except is is to really understand what kind of connection or what kind of rapport you have with your team or as a leader, what kind of relationship you have with those you're leading and to really establish whether or not you have a connection with them. It's, it's you know, it, it is essential that you have that. So a leader's connection with his or her audience is a leader's passport to your hearts. So think about that for, uh, for a moment and and really see if you have that connection and if that connection is what gets people on their feet to do something, then you do, in essence, have a connection with your team. Okay, so I want you to to really consider what kind of relationship with how you have with your team, and whether or not that connection is at a level where they're inclined to move and take action on whatever you communicate with them. Connection has to be personal. Connection has to be professional. Connection has to be something that resonates with those that are listening to you. Then and only then can you say that you're leading your team. All right. So before my guest comes, I want to make sure that I take a break here uh, for any commercial that we, we have. I have with me my guest here, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Jonas Jeffries. He's a chief information security officer for the University of Tennessee Medical Center, uh, where he responsible for leading UTMC's diverse information security and IT risk strategy. He's also a part of the diversity equity and inclusion committee at UTMC, representing the military veterans of UTMC and East Tennessee. Uh, John served in the military for 23 years on active duty in the U.S. Navy. And uh, he went to Operation Desert Shield Desert Storm in in the Persian Gulf. Uh, He was also in Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom. Now, John is an active member of the cybersecurity industry and he is a vice president of communication and marketing for IBA, East uh, East Tennessee chapter, and chairs the Computer Information Technology Program Advisory Committee for Pellissippi State Community College. Uh, he, he's also on the advisory board for our Pellissippi and uh, Rowan State Community, and uh, he organizes cyber, other cybersecurity professionals in the East Tennessee area, and is a member of the Knoxville chapter Intraguard team, and uh, also a graduate of uh, Trident University. Uh, my good friend, welcome to the Global Regional Leadership Forum. It's good to see you there, uh, John. How are things going?
0: Dr. Pat, it's very good to see you, and I'm excited to be on your program today.
2: Oh, awesome, awesome! Hey, John, we we uh, we come a long way here. So, you and I, we are on Pat and John basis, right? So, it's it's all uh, it's all uh, good. I do, I I do I do appreciate that. But you know, I probably killed some of these uh, um, names that we have here. Pul- Pulisi- is it is it Pulisici-P? I I, I can't say it.
0: It's Pellissippi State Community College, yes.
2: Pell- Pellissippi, all right. Good.
0: Pellissippi, yep.
2: Pellissippi, well, great. Well, for our listeners today, um, this is going to be a very intriguing uh, topic for us. We're talking about connection today. And our connection here is not because uh, John and I go back a long way as uh, friends, um, and also he's risen to the you know position of a chief information security officer. It, it, the connection is really about how he, as a man, You know, and also a very, very strong man of God has also been able to maintain connections and relationships over time. And I believe that's what's got him to the top of uh, uh, the ladder here with uh, with with his corporate life. So today we're talking about connection. And I think it's imperative for any organization or anybody who is going to rise in leadership to have some kind of a sense of connection. Connection with people is essential. Connection with your team is essential. And more importantly, connection to excel in leadership is essential. So today, Jonah, I, I want us to look at a couple of things here, and 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 that is how people think that uh, connection. Uh, is often kind of mis- misunderstood or misinterpreted to think it is about popularity. You got to be popular to, to have connection. But what is your definition of uh, connection? And how did you really apply that when you were in active duty? And how does that influence your career now um, in, in, in your line of work?
0: Well, Dr. Pat, uh, for me, it means uh, something that I learned when I served on active duty in the military for 23 years that you never know who is going to uh, rise up and who is going to be somebody that you're going to need one day. For me, the connection was the, every person that I met in the military and any other tasks that I had, I always tried to treat them the way that I would want to be treated. And I developed, I tried to extend that olive branch of friendship and uh, just a respect to them so that we could together be successful. And I think if everyone does that, it just leads to positivity in not only my life, but in their life as well.
2: Wow. That's uh that's 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 really that's really a good approach because when you talk about connection, so it's always about being the first person to kind of like you mentioned, extend that olive branch. And a lot of times, sometimes people don't really realize that when you're building relationships or you're you know rising up and you know in your in your workplace that sometimes you really got to reach out. So thanks for sharing that piece of it. But but in your role, though, in your role right now in, in what you do, uh, we're talking about a multi-million dollar organization that is really counting on you to be able to put into place uh, security measures to protect the assets, you know, and a lot of money goes in stuff like that. But how does your role, how does connection or a sense of uh, rapport play into your leadership today as a Chief Information Security Officer at your, at your location? And and um, how were you able to kind of learn that, if any, from the military and how you've applied that right now in, um, in what you do today uh, for your organization?
0: For me, it's very simple. Uh, I have a team of six people that we manage the hospital's IT security program but we're a part of a much bigger team, the IT team, and many people on the IT team partner with us and work together to ensure the security of the hospital. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the hospital staff itself, from the CEO down to the newest person to join the hospital staff, has a, ro- a role in that because threats can come in from every angle. And one of the biggest threats that we deal with right now is from, for the cybersecurity is on email. And so we try to train people as they join the hospital until they depart the hospital on being very cautious of emails and any other threats that we come across. But what I try to do in my role is work with everyone and try to share with them any knowledge that I might have or gain from my coworkers or online research or however I determine that and you know, work with them on solutions that are most secure for the hospital. And it's a, it's a great opportunity to talk to different people every day to be able to hopefully find solutions as people come to us with uh, concerns or they're trying to bring in a solution. And uh, it's a, it's very exciting. I enjoy it. I enjoy the networking. I enjoy the, you know, the solutions when we're able to achieve those. And we, we rely on a lot of third-party applications as well. And those relationships are very important too.
2: Wow, that's uh, that, that's great. So, so it sounds like having relationships, building those relationships, and really maintaining those relationships over time is really what it's about to be able to secure these vital assets uh, for for the university. But you know, I, I'd like I'd like to imagine, or I'd like to think that maybe uh, your role um, or your training and the military, but I see you've, uh, you have a vast uh, background in the military as well, may have had something to do with that, uh, or maybe not. But how different has it been for you? Because I, I know that in the military, connection is really probably not important because you give orders, it gets taken care of and and, and things happen. But how is that in the corporate sector for you here? Uh, and in this case, uh, for for this medical center, do you have to build those connections and relationships to make that come to pass, or you still have to give orders in a certain way? How is that different?
0: Sometimes you have to do both and it's <laughs> case okay. by case. It really is. For myself in the military, my experience, I had to build connections and sometimes in order to get things done is phone a friend or call in a favor as we called it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nowadays in the, in my current role uh, I work with other directors that uh, manage, you know, managers and the team members we work with. And and sometimes we have to collaborate together to come up with a solution. And sometimes in my role, I have to make very hard decisions to push forward on something or accept the risk. Oh. And, and I'm always advising uh, my CIO on what we should and shouldn't do based on what is going on and briefing him on the situations that are going on. There's too many things to have him involved in everything that's going on. And anything that may require his attention, I always try to take it to him and at least fill him in on what's going on in case he hears about it from someone else, or I have to reach out to him for guidance on what we should do.
2: So I would imagine that I would imagine that if he did not have a good uh, rapport or a good connection with you know the CIO, uh, that could potentially. Um, hinder the success of what you're doing because as i mentioned it's it's a critical role having to protect the security of uh your organization so i'm glad that you have that kind of open dialogue um with them so 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 since you have that connection rapport with uh with uh with those that help you manage security how would you say that you are specifically leading Your team. You mentioned six people. Is there any particular strategies that you employ to make them efficient and effective, so that you can all do you know what you do with the protecting of uh, all the secure assets that you have? Any particular? Any when you say strategy, when I'm I'm talking strategies, I mean I'm I'm sure you have some unique strategies that you employ uh, for you know for leading your team uh, the six people. Yeah, right.
0: Leadership is very important, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people that serve in the military are able to learn or grow as they spend time in the military, whether it be for four years or whether they spend a career. And I think that, uh, leadership is something that is continuing to grow in each individual. For me, uh, there's a, uh, a book that I've read recently, the conviction to lead passionate Mm -hmm. by Dr. Albert Moeller. And a couple of points that he makes in there that I find to be very true in my life is I go to work every day and I seek to for change for the better. One point, and uh, I'm thrilled by leading every day. I go in and I'm excited to have people that report to me and mm-hmm. be able to be part of their life. And, I, and seeing others become successful is important. I enjoy watching the team members that report to me grow and expand their education, expand their opportunities. And I push them for that. I take them out of their comfort zone. And I tell them that from day one, that this is not going to be a comfortable job. We're going to grow. We're going to have hard times. We're going to make hard decisions, but we're going to be successful. And it's exciting to see them do that. Um, I, I feel like I want to motivate people. I want to motivate my employees. And also I want to be a visionary and I want to have a strategy for execution of all this. And so I've learned a lot from my role and I've learned a lot from, you know, this book that I've recently read by Dr. Moeller. And so. Wow,
2: that is that that, that's so important. You mentioned uh, some key points here, which I want our listeners to really take take to heart. And that is you mentioned that you enjoy. Motivating your team because you want them to be successful, you want them to grow, and you know that is so important. And I think it goes back to your heart and um, and your desire to um, to make an impact with your team. And I think that's what leadership is about. Because if you as a, as a leader fail to connect with your people, they can't re- you can't really earn their trust right. to be able to kind of impact them that way. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So with with that advice that you, you know, uh, I mean, with that notion that you mentioned, what kind of advice would you give then for, let's say, somebody who's transitioning out of the military service into the private sector um, and wants to attain success? Um, What kind of advice would you give them on the risk? of not having a connection with your people before trying to get to the top? Because without that, I I would would think that uh, you're not going to be successful. So what advice would you give someone who's transitioning from the military and trying to excel in the private sector?
0: If I can, I would like to share my story of transitioning from the military to where I'm at today. Absolutely. Uh, Back in 2013, I retired in January and I had been going through the classes for Uh, transitioning from the military and learning about the process because when you're in the military, you really don't know what it's like to be in the civilian world. That's right. And I'd spent 23 years in, so I really didn't have a lot of experience, you know, serving in the civilian world. So I went to classes and I did all the things they told me to do. But after I retired, I moved back to my home state of record in East Tennessee. And at the time I was in Jacksonville, Florida. And so uh, one of the things that they recommended was reach back out to people you knew from back in uh, your wherever you're going to retire to. And so I started doing that through social media and I established a LinkedIn account and I started looking at, uh, you know, postings of jobs. And it seemed like I was applying for jobs every day, looking for something, anything to get my foot in the door into a a company. And uh, it seemed like I applied for over 100 jobs during that time frame. Wow. And I had two phone calls that uh, called me in for interviews. And when I went home to uh, for the uh, Christmas break, I interviewed at two different companies, and one of them extended an offer to me. And I was so excited because it was a uh, such a relief to have, you know, the next step in set up for when I did retire from the military, I could transition over to my uh, civilian job. And I was able to stay there for two years, and it was a great opportunity for me. I learned a lot. And, you know, I cut my teeth in the civilian world, as you would say, and got to uh, experience the different things that were there. And then I decided that I wanted to continue on because I had uh, completed my master's degree and I I wanted, uh, you know, to pursue that, the opportunities that that provided. And so that landed me the job over at UT Medical Center. And so um, so for me, what I would advise people are you never know what's going to happen. You have to go out there and take that risk. You have to don't limit yourself of the opportunities, because if you would have told me, you know, five years ago that I was going to be working in healthcare, I would have (laughs) almost laughed at you because my background in the military was in HR. That's right. And believe it or not, they have an HR department here at the hospital Uh and The uh, opportunity that was presented to me to join the hospital wasn't in HR, though. It -hmm. was in the compliance office. Uh And so I took that position and I was there for two years. But through my connections working at the hospital and people I worked with, when they stood up the security team, I was invited to come over and join that team. And to my dismay, they asked me to lead that team. There you go. And, And I didn't have any technical experience, but my boss, my CIO, he he saw the leadership in you know experience that I had, and he was very excited to offer me that position. And we've grown in the last four years to having six people on the team, and we have two more that we're trying to uh, fill the spots for now. And so, but through those connections and through hard work, I think that people recognize the leadership in you, and they see that they see that potential. And uh, it was, it made a, it's made a big difference in my life.
2: Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It it goes back to the point of a connection here where because of the connections, you were in in a way able to get a job that you're enjoying. That same connection is what got you where you are right now. So it goes back to the value of making sure that, you know, you're always leaning forward. And you talk about getting outside your comfort zone. I, I think that is one of the most important things that people have to be able to, uh, to really get home when you're talking about connecting um, just because uh you have a connection with somebody doesn't mean that everything's going to go over. Sometimes you have to get outside your comfort zone to be able to let that connection happen for you. And it yeah. sounds like that's what um you know you did. But you know, I'm, I'm reminded here of how you know the media has talked a lot about people who tend to have a connection with uh uh with you know with the population let, let let you know let's cut to the chase let's talk about let's say uh former president for instance um had a lot of connections he, he was really connected with the people you know but there was also a lot of negativity that went around um with uh with that you know So despite on what side you are, you know, from a political perspective, and this is not gonna be a political talk here, but it's more about the the essence of connection. Um, Some people can be negative, some people can be unethical, but then how can somebody who's a business leader or somebody who is a executive in in an organization, like in the medical center that you are in, encourage and maintain a connection without like selling your soul or without like really doing unethical stuff. Because that can happen just because of your connection, you can get on top. But is that how really connections should be about? So how can somebody do that without selling your soul, so to speak? I hope I hope I kind of make myself clear in that question.
0: Absolutely, Pat. Uh, okay. I think for for myself, it all comes back to core values, Good. and we are live and breathe that in the military. And from day one, we're taught those core values, and I carry okay. those core values with me to today. And I think that, um, you know, you know, integrity is doing the right thing, even when no one's watching. For me, I want to be that person. And Mm -hmm. I have to set that example, not only for myself and my family, but also for those that I report to and the people that report to me, because if they watch me not having integrity, then, you know, that's what kind of role model is that for them? Mm -hmm. And I think that's setting them up for failure. And I, I just can't do that. And so, uh, I have to, you know, I have to do what's right, and I have to do it even when no one's watching. I mean, sure, there's opportunity out there. We all have that same opportunity, but you know, we got to make those right decisions, and we have to stand up. And I'm fortunate where I work is when I stand up for something, I go to those that I work with, the leadership team, and then to my boss, and share with them. I pour my heart out to them, and I, I share with them why I feel the way I do. But at the end of the day we make a decision and we support that decision, whatever it is, it's the best decision because we have our team gathered together and we all talk about it. And we come out of that meeting with a decision. And I support that decision, even if it's contrary to what I went into the decision with. And so I realized that I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of a much bigger uh, solution here. And it's not about me. It's not about my pride. It's not about being right or wrong, but I have to stand up and I have to do what's right. And if the leadership team is willing to accept a risk that i advised against that's that's the decision we made we have to do that yeah but up until now we've been able to you know on most things agree on what the right thing is and and i'm fortunate i think in that because often i hear people say that they don't have that type of relationship with their internal leadership team or the hospital uh, senior team but i'm very fortunate where i'm at because they really really support us 100% and uh, i'm i feel very fortunate
2: awesome well th- yeah thanks for sharing that um y- you know i'd like to think that anybody in your environment would really appreciate the kind of rapport that um you have with your uh with your leadership team um you know the executives uh that uh, you work with and all but also with those that you're leading uh, but i also think of the fact that somebody who's leaving the military might not really know how how to kind of transition into into that kind of environment where it is uncomfortable you did allude you did allude to the fact that uh, uh, it was a different environment for you you went from hr to you know to healthcare. so i would i would think that you have some kind of a recommendation to a service member or maybe you know who's transitioning or maybe a buddy entrepreneur somehow about what they need to do to work in a new environment? Are there some strategies that you can employ so you can be comfortable in that new environment? What are some things that you did that made you adjust easily uh, to working in a new environment?
0: I think you have to follow your passion and okay. you have to, uh, and, 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 your, and your passion may develop from what it was yesterday. You know, like I said, if I, if you would have told me years ago, I'd be working in Healthcare and IT, I wouldn't have believed you, but that door opened up. And I think being open-minded to opportunities and networking is very important out here in the civilian world. And being able to, uh, you know, I use LinkedIn to meet people that I would never get the opportunity to -to face-to-face. I reached out to uh, recruiters. I reached out to people in HR and I I looked for them on their companies. LinkedIn page and sent them requests. And I actually sent them my resume and asked them if they would take a look and make recommendations in the hopes, in the hopes that they would take (laughs) that resume and give me recommendations, but also forward it to their hiring manager for positions. And I just really made myself very vulnerable and opened myself up and asked for help. And that's one of the hardest things I think people have to do is ask for help. And people out here are willing to help you. And I know for myself, as a person who hires people now, when I see someone with military experience on a resume, that attracts me to them. And I want to learn more about them. And I want to talk about that. And I, you know, if they reached out to me, I would help them because I'm passionate about that. And so I think other people are too. And, you know, I know East Tennessee is very passionate about their military veterans. And we pride ourselves at UT Medical Center for being very friendly for the military And uh, it's a, you know, it's a a true, wonderful experience working here. But I would just say back to your original question is you have to be willing to ask for help and reach out for guidance. And then when you receive that, apply it. Don't be afraid to jump out of that box like we talked about earlier. There's a lot of opportunity out there and you just never know what you're going to get yourself into.
2: Oh, wow, that is that's so profound. Yeah, that uh that desire to get outside that comfort zone is probably not uh something that people find you know easy to do, but I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. Be prepared to be vulnerable and uh yes. and prepared to just do the the unthinkable in some cases just just so you can really make that uh transition. Well I appreciate you sharing that and uh and and you know I I hope that as people are listening to this they are really putting themselves in a situation where they see somebody who was in a completely different environment and now uh they they are they are making a difference in you know, the private sector and it took some some time it took some connection it, it took doing over 100 resumes, right? So you have to put in the work. And you have to yes. put in the work to be able to yes. get into that environment uh, that may be uncomfortable for you. But if you get into that environment where it's uncomfortable, you're probably going to be successful because you make yourself also vulnerable when you do that. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. So you as know, so we head towards the end of our time here, one of the questions that I I, I want to ask, and I tend to ask people a lot, there has to be a story or there has to be One of the biggest lessons that you may have learned when it comes to, you know, connection that you may have picked up in the military uh, that maybe you apply now in the private sector. Is there anything that you can think of that regarding connection, how, you know, you had that in the military? Now, today, you kind of practice the same principle uh, to make it successful today. Anything you can share with us that comes to mind? So
0: uh, for me, you know, when I was in the military, as a senior enlisted advisor or leader, they often told us that, you know, in that role, you could go into any department anywhere and lead those sailors. You know, you didn't have to have any experience with that because you're leading people and leading people is the same no matter where you're at. That's right. And I think that for me, some of the things that I think about when I'm leading people is, you know, you care for these people as if they're your own people, You're yourself, you know, you, you, you care for them and don't be afraid to empower these people and don't be afraid to let them fail. Oh, and, wow. and sometimes failure is good for us. And I don't mean to the point of where they, you know, oh, it, it, yeah. it takes them down, but you've got to let them go out there and try to be successful and don't let them be afraid to fail. Too many times I see people get reprimanded for failing, oh. and often that's the time when you need to pick them up and love them and, and and just say, hey, it's okay. And if you foster that, then people are gun shy and they don't want to, they're scared to go out there and try something because they're scared of failure and scared of being held accountable accordingly. But I try to lead in a, in an opposite matter where I, I tell my, my employees is sometimes we're going to fail and that's okay, just come to me and we'll solve it. We'll solve the problem. And so I learned that from you know, several people in the military that I served with and I was, you know, at the time I was profound by that because that's so contrary to what most people think. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that it's important that we have that opportunity and be able to fly. Yes. And sometimes we're going to fall down and scuff our knees and we need somebody to pick us up.
2: That is so awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know uh, this might be a a tough one for people to think about, but it is so true that you have to be prepared to to really, again, going back to the vulnerability piece of it, take that step and even if you fall, pick yourself back up and uh, go and you got to let your people be able to do that. And I have always said said that with my own kids, uh, sometimes I kind of pushed them to the point where uh, just watching them from a distance where they can fail themselves forward. Right. It's like failing forward. Like John Maxwell says, if you feel forward, you're going to find that you're successful because you learn from that. And um, I'm right. glad that glad mm-hmm. that you mentioned that. Well, that is a great lesson for those who, right. uh, who are listening. Uh, be able to allow your team or allow your people to excel by discovering for themselves, where their weak points are, and right. if they're able to find where those weak points are, and you're there, right there to support them, to love on them, to to keep them motivated in the midst of that failure, then they're likely to excel if they put the effort to it. Well, yes. thank you, thank you so much. Uh, well, with that said, um, we'll wrap up with the last question here that I I, I want I, I want you uh, just tell us a little bit more that you would like us to know about. Um, the uh, medical center that uh, you know you work at as uh, the, the chief uh, security officer there, uh, or is there anything or any of the organizations you belong to, anything you want us to know about, how to get in touch with you, if you have any questions, or just some last words of wisdom that you want us to know for uh, about you and how you've excelled in, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your line of work?
0: Well, that's a, that's a lot there. Uh, I think I'll start with saying that I'm thankful for where I'm at. God has given me this opportunity. He's put me with some wonderful people that I work for and work with and that work for me. And one thing I tell my team is we're all on the same team here. We're in different roles. Nobody's better or worse. Nobody is higher or lower. We're just in different roles where I work. And I think that, you know, I, their voice matters when we have meetings and even if it's the crazy question that you think no one's going to, they're going to not think about, I tell them their voice matters. Not if they have a question or have a thought, I want them to bring that up and be open to be able to discuss that. Um, you know, the, the hospital that we work in is a level one trauma center for Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And we, we are the hospital where they fly patients to via helicopter if there's an accident in the, in the surrounding area, 50 miles in the surrounding area. Um, the next biggest hospital is out in Middle Tennessee near Nashville. And so it's a, it's an absolutely wonderful place to work. I love being here. We have over 700 beds here and, um, you know, I'm just, um, I'm just very thankful to be here. And I think that God has opened this door. It's my hometown where I'm, where I was born and raised. And I'm, uh, I'm just, um, you know, i just feel very fortunate to be here and being able to help people that are able to help the patients hand in hand to get better and be healthy. And so, uh. It's just a a wonderful opportunity. And I'm just very fortunate and feel very blessed.
2: Great, great. Well, thank you so much, John. I think it's it's been an honor having you uh, on the the Global Leadership Forum. And I want to encourage all those that are listening to, you know, if you're ever in the uh, Tennessee area, um, Knoxville, and this particular healthcare center, just stop by, you know, uh, see uh, see, see John and, and be able to. Or if you can even offer any assistance to uh, all the all the things that this uh, hospital offers, please be able to do that. And also on this Global Reach Leadership Forum, uh, we talk about connection. We talk about other things as well. But don't forget to go get uh, your copy of the 52 Essential Qualities and Attributes of Organizational Leader. And we are going to be talking about more of these things coming up in the future. So connect with us and don't be a stranger. Remember to lead the change. Take care and be well. God bless.
1: Well, global leaders, thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. If you have learned something today, please like us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.globalreachleaders.com to leave a comment or a question and share this episode with others. Until next week, remember to lead the change.